God bless everyone and welcome to another episode of Build Up in Christ podcast. And um, this is a podcast for those who don't know that is about building up in Christ, discipleship, encouragement, as well as educating people in the word of God. And in this episode, we're f- the topic of today is keeping our eyes on God. And during difficult times, sometimes it's hard to keep our eyes on God. But we're going to be speaking about today um, ways that we can keep our eyes on God, to remember to keep our eyes on God during difficult times. And we know that we're living through difficult times, especially here in around the world due to the pandemic, but also here in the United States. And we're trying to walk Christ-like. And that's difficult sometimes when you have so many temptations, distractions in the world, as well as the battles we face in the world. So in this episode, we're going to give you some tools on how to keep your eyes on Christ. And this is nothing new because this is all in the Word of God. The Word of God confirms it, teaches us and always um, reveals through the Holy Spirit. So in this episode, we're going to go straight to the text that starts out at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 4. And they're in the NIV, and we're going to read it in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hesophet defeats Moab and Ammon. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, with some of the Munites, came to wage war against Hesophet. Some people came and told Hasaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It's already in Hazan Tamar. Alarmed, Hasaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judea. The people of Judea came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judea to seek him. And When we look at these verses, these verses are giving us an example of how to respond in times of crisis. If you're like most people, it's probably um, that your attention is immediately focused on the situation rather than God. But by forgetting the Lord and relying on your own resources to solve the problem, you miss an opportunity for you to trust in the Lord and grow in him. And we see how Hasafet resolved the situation um, in the moment. He said, I, I proclaim a fast, meaning that he's asking the citizens to fast and pray. If, Kasophat, if King Hasafat had wrung his hands in fear instead of concentrating on God's greatness and past provision, meaning that how the Lord provided in the past, Jerusalem might have been captured by the invading armies at that time. But he turned to the Lord, knowing that no problem was bigger than God of heaven. In his prayer, Hasaphat magnified the Lord's greatness. He remembered his mighty works and asked for divine protection. Trusting God during difficult circumstances, the king said, our eyes on you, as reflected in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So we have to keep our eyes on the Lord because only the Lord knows 
all things. And we know that God has everything under control. But during our difficult circumstances, we cannot understand that. Sometimes we can't phantom the idea that God is in control during our difficult times. But He is. When we encounter trouble and distress and don't know what to do, we have to remember this moment in Hasaphat's life and fix our eyes on mighty God. Read a passage of scripture that describes the Lord's greatness. Recount all the ways he's led you and protected you during other times that you faced difficulty and ask him to accomplish his good will in you in this situation. Then rest in his faithfulness, trusting him to guide you. These are ways that we have to rely on God. The Lord answered Hasophet's prayers and miraculously delivered his people from death, and he did so without one soldier of Judea marching off to battle. But sadly, the king did not spend all his years on the throne expressing such great faith. Late in his reign, he allowed pagan influences to corrupt his people. He also made unwise alliance with King Hasakia of Israel, a wicked man who worshipped Baal. Which we see that in Second Chronicles chapter 20 verses 33 and 35 which read as follows. The high places however were not removed and the people still had not set their hearts on the God of their ancestors. And verse 35. Later Hasophet king of Judea made an alliance with Hazakiel king of Israel whose ways were wicked. So we see in those verses, he did not keep his eyes on the Lord. He basically took his eyes off the ball. Um, and he forgot that God calls us not to only to begin a race, but to finish it. The only way to stand in a winner's circle at heaven's reward ceremonies is to keep your eyes on the prize. Um, we have to keep our eyes on the Lord, keep our eyes on the prize. Meaning, this is a race. It's a marathon. It's not who gets there quickest, who gets there first. It's about finishing the race. And the only way to keep moving forward in that race is to keep your eyes forward and looking at the Lord. Keep our eyes on who did it and accomplished it, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Um, he did this and he gave us the example. So keep your eyes on Jesus if you want to live and follow his example. We should allow Christ to live in us and we should be reflecting Christ. So therefore, whenever we get in difficult circumstances, we should think of what Jesus did when he faced difficult circumstances. If we go to Hebrews chapter 12 verses 2 through 3, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So we have to keep looking to Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate focus. We know in the race of faith that is long, as Paul mentions, it's, it is a marathon. In the light of this metaphor, the idea is that Jesus pioneered this course of faith. He waits for the believers at the finish line. We keep in mind that Hebrews was written to people who were being persecuted. Why? Because they had turned from Judaism to Christianity. 
there was a danger that they might interpret their suffering as a sign of God's displeasure. And sometimes we we think that way, that whenever we're going through difficult circumstances, we think that it's due to the fact that it's God's displeasure with us. And that's not necessarily the case. Remember, we live in a fallen world. So there will be difficult circumstances. It may be some of our doing, meaning that we took our eyes off the ball and made a decision without consulting the Lord. Or it may be just circumstances that are bound to happen due to the fact of this fallen world. But regardless, we have to keep our eyes on God. We have to uh, address it by praying, having an interaction with the Lord. Asking the Lord, help me through this situation. Why is this situation happening? Because we want clarification. Is it something we did by mistake, by disobedience to God? Or is this something that's going to happen due to the fact of the fallen nature of this world? Now, many suffered severely as a result of their loyalty to the Lord. Yet, they endured. If they held on to their perseverance with lesser privileges, how much more should we, whom the better things of Christianity have come should hold on to. The Christian life is a race that requires discipline and endurance. We must get rid of any weight that may hold us down, as Paul reminds us. Weight being things that may be harmless in themselves, yet hinder our progress, our growth. They include material things, family ties, the love of comfort, etc., etc. We must protect ourselves from the idea that this race is an easy sprint. That everything in the Christian life is rosy. We know that things are not always rosy. We have to be prepared to press on through these trials and temptations. Jesus is not only the finisher of our faith, but he finished it in triumph. At no time did he falter or turn back. He kept his eyes fixed on the coming glory when all the redeemed will be gathered with him eternally. When Jesus was on the cross, he had nowhere to look. But up and forward, for every pain on the cross was anguish. If he turned to his right or left, it was anguish. It was difficulty. When you're on the cross, and thank the Lord we don't have to be on the cross, it is excruciating pain for way to die. Um, basically, you felt like you were drowning. Um, you were gasping for air. All your weight wanted to come down off the, off the cross, but you were pinned to the cross. So the only thing Jesus could do is to look to God to end the suffering. He couldn't look back. He could only look forward. And that's an example of what we need to do. We can't look back to our past. We can't look to what happened before. We have to look to what's to come, which is that eventually we're going to be in heaven with Jesus. But in order for that to occur, we have to keep our eyes on him. We have to keep marching forward, not marching sideways, not trying to strive to go backwards. We have to keep moving forward. We cannot delay getting to heaven. Meaning we cannot walk backwards because then that's delaying the progress of our spiritual growth. Um, what we need to do is prepare a first aid kit for whenever we suffer or going through difficulties. And what would be that first aid kit? So the first item that would be worship. When you're feeling life's body blows, like boxing, when somebody's constantly hitting at you spiritually, we need to praise God. 
But that's the last thing we feel like doing when we're feeling those pains. Job is one person in the Old Testament that felt those body blows. And one could understand why he wouldn't have a hard time praising. He lost all his wealth in a single day. He lost every one of his 10 children on the same day. Talk about grief. Let's go to Job chapter 1 verses 20 and 21. And then we're going to read it in the Amplified um, Version. And it reads as follows. Then Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head in mourning for the children. And he fell to the ground and worshipped God. He said, naked without possessions, I came into this world from my mother's wombs, and naked I will return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, the key portion of this verse is how he fell to the ground and worshipped God. Most people wouldn't think of worshipping God during a loss. It's difficult. But when we worship, we're declaring anew. To ourselves and to the spiritual realm, where our allegiance lies. Scripture reveals that Satan had ransacked Job's life at God's permission, allowance, because Satan was certain that Job would curse God, as we would see in Job chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. This would have proved that Job only served God because God blessed him. But Job's worship proved otherwise. When we worship, we're reminding ourselves of reality. God is with us. God loves us. God is sovereign. God is good. And God keeps his promises. These truths do not depend on our circumstances, but are grounded in God's character and promises. When disappointments wound us, we need to receive comfort by running, not running from the healer, but running towards the healer. So whenever we're going through difficult circumstances, more so we should run towards our healer, Jesus Christ. We shouldn't be running from God. We shouldn't be running from Christ. The second tool is prayer. Prayer is very important reaction to disappointment for many reasons. First of all, worship is bringing us closer to God when we recognize our need for him the most. Prayer also plays a vital role in working through the aftermath of the disappointments, as many types of disappointments leaves us facing problems we didn't have before, like the need for a new job, new house, or new vehicle. These problems may seem like perfectly appropriate reasons to panic, but what does Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 say? Let's go to those verses, and again in the Amplified Version. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. So that's a promise from the Lord. That he will give us that peace. Hallelujah. Along with our prayers, effectiveness and helping us draw near to God and discover his peace. Here are a few other reasons to pray after disappointments. By praying, we play ourselves, place ourselves in a renewed position of surrender. We're reminding ourselves that we're not the 
ones in control of everything. We don't belong to ourselves. None of our stuff does. When disappointments knock us down, prayer lifts our eyes to the one who lives, who we belong to, who's truly in control. One of the joys of surrender is the relinquishment of burdens, meaning giving our burdens away. If we belong to God, then our problems are not our own to carry. We know we have someone that we could give our problems to, and he will help us through those struggles. Um, so prayer is very important in our toolkit whenever we're going through um, situations, problems, difficulties. The next item in our toolkit is thankfulness. One of the best types of prayer we can offer after disappointments are prayers of thanksgiving. It rewires our mind to remind ourselves the blessings we have. Granted, we might not feel like expressing gratitude, but gratitude recalibrates our focus to the truth above, our feelings, reminding us that the most significant blessings are like salvation. They never change. If we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, again, in the Amplified Version, it reads as follows. Be unceasing, persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. If we go to Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Now, sometimes when we're suffering heartbreak, tragedy, disappointment, frustration, loss, we wonder what good can come out of it. But the following verse gives the answer. Whatever God permits to come into our lives is designed to conform us to the image of His Son. Our lives are not controlled by chance. Because of Jesus, we always have cause for thanksgiving. We always have reason to give praise and give thanks to the Lord. Um, he's always there, present, even when we're suffering. We also have the Holy Spirit, who's a, a spirit of comfort. So we're not alone in the situations we face. Also, God provides people who help us and give us comfort as well. We're never alone. We're in the body of Christ, and we have to keep that in mind. The next tool in our toolkit is trust. One reason we could be thankful in the middle of disappointment lies in the total trustworthiness of God to whom we're grateful. An attitude of trust positions us to follow God's will. Jesus modeled this attitude in Gethsemane, praying in Luke chapter 22, 42, which reads as follows, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup of divine wrath from me. Yet not my will, but always your will be done. Trust positioning us to recognize God's faithfulness in action. Hardships have encountered over the last couple of years have shown me to face any new problem with prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to trust you. Please help me. See, these are ways we interact with the Lord. In my 19 years of growing in the Lord, I've, I faced, have faced difficulties. Nothing has always been always on the upswing. Um, but... In the moments that you're in the upswing, 
you can remember those moments when you're not in your upswing and be grateful for those moments that you were in the upswing. So let's say, for example, I have moments that I've had battles spiritually, physically, mentally. Um, one of the um, battles that as human beings we face is illnesses. And we do face illnesses because this is a fallen world. If we would have still been in the garden, we wouldn't have illnesses. But we do now. And we have to understand that this is all temporary. We have to keep in mind that the end goal is to, that's permanence is to be in heaven. So everything on this earth is temporary, including illnesses. Meaning that you may have something temporarily as an illness. For example, you may have a common cold, but it is temporary. Eventually, you get over that cold. Um, let's say, for example, you accidentally break something on your body. Eventually, it will mend. It will be restored. And that's what we have to keep in mind, that this is all temporary. We lost a job. That's temporary as well. Eventually, we will find another job. Or the Lord will give us the ability to adapt and we end up implanting a business for ourselves. So maybe we lost that job so we could be motivated to start a business that the Lord intended us to start in the first place. So we can't always be so negative thinking, oh man, this happened to me now and I just came out of this. No, we have to keep our eyes on the Lord and know that everything is temporary. Um, my car broke down. We also understand that things will break down. So maybe this car broke down, but maybe the Lord will provide you with another. It may not be exactly what you had before, but he will provide you just what you need. A vehicle that will get you to the destination, whether it be your job, but whatever it may be, the Lord will provide. So we have to keep our eyes on the Lord, have to keep um, in, in, in relation to the Lord, meaning we have to be constantly praying. We have to keep constantly trusting the Lord. This, one of the things that we could do as well is listen to decent podcasts that are Christ-focused, such as this podcast and other podcasts that are out there trying to build people up and keep people focused on the Lord. Um, also, you have such um, applications such as the Bible apps. You have um, the Bible Project. These are ways that we can focus on the Lord and keep our eyes on Christ. Um, you can read your Bible physically as well or listen to it while you're sleeping. But there are ways to recalibrate our mindset so we could keep our eyes on Christ. Um, we cannot drown ourselves in the circumstances we're in. Um, there's a reason why the lifeguards, they... They go out and save someone, but if the person continues struggling, the only thing that can happen is that the person can drown the lifeguard. So we cannot waddle in our circumstances. We have to learn to depend on the Lord and calm down and leave our anxieties with the Lord. Just as Jesus left his anxiety on the cross, he told the Lord, take this cup if it's your will and the same way we have to deal with our circumstances we got to ask the lord lord take this cup take this circumstance from me if it is your will and if it's not then we ask the lord guide me on how i should deal with this circumstance for example if you're struggling at work with a, a boss who's making it difficult for you to come into work remember first of all the word teaches us that we should strive to work as if we're working for the Lord. That's 
one thing. The other is that we need to keep our eyes on God and put that into prayer. So that boss is getting on my nerves. Pray that the Lord bless that person and move them to another position or another job so that you can be in a better circumstance. And that might be difficult to pray to, for, for the Lord to bless someone who's aggravating your life. That may be difficult, but it's the godly thing to do. Um, and it will help you grow and strengthen your life spiritually. So let's keep our eyes on Christ. Try to use these tools. Um, let's maintain ourselves in prayer. Let's maintain ourselves in things of the Lord. So for example, read um, instead of the daily news or watching news on TV, read such um, news sites such as the Christian News, Christian Post. Um, involve yourself in things that are like-minded as the Lord. Um, focus on things that are, are focusing on Christ. These are the tools that we can use to keep our eyes on the Lord. So I hope this message blesses you. I hope um, the podcast is blessing you. If it is, please give us a positive review, whether it be an Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Our Heart Radio, Spotify. Um, we also are set up on podchaser.com slash build up in Christ. Leave us a positive review. So um, share this podcast so you could bless others. And I hope this podcast continues to bless all those who are listening. Um, continue to follow us also on Instagram, Build Up Christ, and also on Twitter, which is Build Up in Christ. So continue to follow us. God bless you. God keep you. I hope this message blesses you and encourages you. And I hope you continue striving forward and keeping your eyes on Christ. God bless you. God keep you.